You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Katie's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 229. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a very interesting podcast for you today. Someone from the Bachelor world, you probably don't remember her, and that's the way she likes it. I can't wait for you all to hear Nikki Delventhal's story coming up in a few moments. A couple Bachelor things to get to, Bachelorette-related, Bachelor-related, Bachelor in Paradise-related. If you saw my tweets, my Instagram story yesterday, ABC officially announced the start date for Katie's season. It's going to be June 7th, and then Bachelor in Paradise is going to premiere August 16th. If you go out every Monday, those are both Mondays, if you go out every Monday starting on June 7th, Katie looks to have a 10-episode season because June 7th to August 9th is 10 Mondays. And then we know August 16th starts Bachelor in Paradise. So that's the way it usually is. Bachelorette usually starts a couple weeks earlier. Usually starts uh, the week before Memorial Day. Sometimes it started even two weeks before Memorial Day. Uh, But it just looks like they pushed uh, a few weeks back. So she'll go right into Bachelor in Paradise. This doesn't be anything different than past seasons. I know we haven't had Paradise in two years, so maybe you forgot But this is the way it's always been. Bachelorette leads right into Bachelor in Paradise. It usually just goes from mid-May to end of July, and Paradise starts the following week or sometimes even the following night on Tuesday, but uh, not this year. So, and then it goes from end of July, beginning of August until mid-September. This one's going to go a little bit, um, the airing of Paradise is going to go from August 16th, assuming they still keep it the same, uh, Monday and Tuesday for six weeks. Looks like it'll go till end of September. So, <clears throat> and for those that are asking, which a lot of you are, again, I, I, this is what I said two months ago, the plan, you know, not two months ago, on um, Matt's finale, when they announced the double bachelorette, Katie is going to film from May, uh, from March to May. Bachelor in Paradise will film in its normal slot in June, maybe goes into July, depending on when they start in June, but it usually takes three weeks in June. Michelle's season is going to air, is going to start filming after that. So it'll probably film same as Claire and Tasha's season, July into August. So it will be filming when Katie's season is airing. And then we'll get Bachelor in Paradise from August till end of September, assuming they stay six weeks. Bachelor. 2021 will start filming in September and that will be filming when Michelle's season is airing because Michelle's season will film July into August. So yeah, the production crew, like I said a month ago, doesn't have more than a month off for the rest of the calendar year of 2021. They are full blow or full, full steam ahead, full bore, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that's, that's the schedule. And then they haven't announced when Michelle's season is airing, but knowing that's going to film this summer and it has to end airing before 2022 starts because the first Monday in 2022 will be the beginning of the Bachelor season. That just means Michelle's season will probably air the same time frame as um, Claire and Tasha's season, which started, what, like October 14th and went up to the Monday of Christmas week. I would think it's the same thing because we know that Bachelor in Paradise now starts August 16th. It's always been a six-week show for six straight seasons. It's never not been. It's never been five weeks, and it's never been seven weeks. For six seasons that Bachelor in Paradise has been on the air, it's been a six-week show. So go out six weeks from August 16th, and that puts you at, as I pull up my phone here, probably should have done this, August 16th, the 23rd, the 30th, the 6th, the 13th, September 20th. So looks like that would stop airing on September 20th would be the finale. And then my guess is Michelle's season will start airing the following week, maybe the 27th or maybe the first week of October and go through right up through Christmas. And then again, two weeks off and we're back at it 
with the next Bachelor in 2022 of January, first Monday in January. So it's going to be crazy, um, but that's that's where we're at. But they, you, you've got your official notice now, even though I told you Bachelor in Paradise was going to be a thing this year. We don't know who the host is. We don't know who the host of Bachelorette season for Michelle is going to be, and we don't know who Bachelor the host for the Bachelor season is going to be. But I'm sure we'll get our answers at some point. You know, uh, there's a rumor out there that comedian Nikki Glaser and former podcast guest is going to be the host of Bachelor in Paradise. I have not been told that. I hadn't even heard that until it was brought up to me today, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, I could totally see it. Nikki's a huge fan of the show. You don't need a major host down in paradise, and it seems like bringing a little more... And we know that show is a little more lighthearted, a little more humorous, especially the way they do those intros, so it makes all the sense in the world if this rumor is true that Nikki Glaser is the host. So I find that interesting. But we, it's nothing's been confirmed yet, but if that ends up being true, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. That makes a lot of sense to me. I know The Bachelor has always had a thing for Nikki Glaser, and, you know, she's in with production. Um, so I, I could totally see it. So we'll see. And she was, go listen to her on the podcast that she was on with me um, earlier this summer. It was during the pandemic. I want to say September or October, but I could be wrong on the actual month. But yeah, um, obviously, if you listen to the live on Tuesday night with me and Ashley Spivey, you know that um, we we talked we touched on the Rachel and Matt stuff, and again, you know, people ask, "Well, what do you think about?" It? I'm just like, I don't, I don't care if Rachel and Matt if they if they never speak again the rest of their lives, I'm going to be fine. If they get back together and get married and stay married until one of them dies, good for them. Like, I really don't care about Matt and Rachel. The outside looking in, knowing things that I know, do I think it's a good idea? No, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and comment on either of their pages or you know, F-bomb any of them or call them names like people did on Twitter. It's just whatever. Who cares? Like, I do I think it's a good idea? No. But whatever. It's their lives. Go lead it. Uh, Claire and Dale, obviously, together. Uh, they post all the time together now. And, again, don't know what to say about that. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> just... Whatever. You do you. Uh, what else is going on? So that, those are the two. Those are obviously the two main things happening in Bachelor World. But uh, that'll uh, that'll be it. Let's just get going here. You know, let's uh, let's let's get started. And um, like I said, when I post, and you know that today's guest is Nikki Delventhal from Chris Soul Season. I guarantee you're like who. And that's exactly how she wants it. Please, you got to give this one time and listen to Nikki Delventhal's story. Podcast number 229. Okay, let's bring her in. You saw her on Chris Soul's season of The Bachelor. And she hasn't been on anything since. And it's for a good reason. This is Nikki Delventhal. Nikki, how are you? Hi, I'm so good. Thanks for having me. You've got such a story. And... It's why I wanted to have you on because let's be honest, and you and I've talked about this. Most people don't remember you from Chris's season, right? <laughs> they even put Samantha under my face once. It's okay. I didn't yeah. remember me either. <laughs> yeah. So you were you were on Chris's season. We you and I were debating before we started recording how many episodes you lasted. You don't even really know. Like you think three I, or four, right? It was it was definitely three or four. Um, you know, it's such a small part of my life. I don't even really remember. <laughs> yeah. But definitely three or four. Yeah. We, we established that you never started traveling with them, which the first place they went to was New Mexico, and they did four episodes in L.A. So you you made it right to, to that point. So you probably lasted four rose ceremonies. And I remember one group that you that you did go on was the everyone dressed up in uh, wedding dresses, and you had to do a relay race that Jillian won, correct? Yes, yes. The mud race. The that mud was race. super fun. Yeah. So, okay. And, and and here's the thing. You are doing this interview right now on your phone yeah. in your car. And you're not yes. and, and you're not <laughs> and you're not doing this interview because you happen to be driving, you know, from work or to work or whatever. 
you live in your car. And <laughs> I, I and, and that is such a major part of your life. It's a fascinating story that we are going to get to. But I first want to uh, kind of build up to that on, on how we, we got to that. Yeah. Um, so let's start out with going back to Chris's season and just where you were in your life. And I want you to tell the people the reason that you decided to go on The Bachelor. Yeah, well, you know, it's a very different reason. Um, And now that it's so much later, what is it, maybe five or six years later, it's so much easier to talk about. So at the time, I was a full-time model with Will Amina in New York City, which actually I didn't even disclose to the show. I told them I was a fitness trainer. Um, You know, my whole life was surrounded about what other people thought of me, my image. And really it was, um, it was consuming me. And at the time I was probably a decade into a, at the, well, right now it'd be a decade. So at the time I was just so consumed in this eating disorder and literally I tried everything inpatient, outpatient, and, you know, being in the modeling industry. And at the time I was also a professional cheerleader, um, for the jets, right? Yeah. I cheerleaded for the jets and, you know, I knew what the job entailed, but just being in that position, I finally realized it just, it was eating me alive. And I would try anything to get over my eating disorder. And I'm telling you anything. So it was really funny when I was 21, I actually got a call from the bachelor, uh, casting directors, um, that they wanted me on the show. But at the time I didn't want anything to do with it. I was a hairdresser at the time, actually, and had just started modeling. And fast forward three or four years, I actually emailed the exact same casting director. And the reason I, the main reason I went on the show was I thought that if I had all of these cameras on me 24-7, that I would have control over my eating disorder and that I would have a little bit of hope. And let's just be real. Like, you know, a few weeks in, I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't working. You know, uh, I had to make a major life change. So, you know, essentially, actually, once I got off the show, I ended my contract with my modeling agents and, um, I just quit the entertainment and media industry altogether. Um, you know, some people would look at that as like a bad thing. Like, you know, I couldn't handle it, but actually it was such a positive because it directed me in a route, in a route that was, better suited for me actually and I'm the happiest like when I tell you I'm a hundred percent eating disorder free and so happy so you know it could have been a negative at the time but it's actually the best thing that ever happened to me so when you say you went on the show to I don't know get rid of your eating disorder are you saying that because you had the cameras on you just figured well as long as I'm on this show there's no way I'll be able to do whatever it is you were doing at that time because everyone will be watching me is that producers and the the girls will hold me accountable well so what happens is you know um and i think anyone else with an eating disorder or any type of addiction can understand feeling hopeless and feeling out of control and in my mind which you know it's so silly i thought that having people watching me 24 seven would be a sense of control. And perhaps I could, you know, it was like that last, that last hold, that last string that was like of hope that was like, maybe I can stay in modeling. Maybe I could do all this if I have that. Cause you know, like inpatient outpatient facilities didn't work. And I even went to therapists and I'm telling you, I've had therapists say, told me to my face that they didn't know they didn't think that I was going to get over it. It was like, you know, it's like, I can't believe a therapist would say that to someone, but yeah, I mean, I was Mm. far, I was deep and I just, you know, it's so silly. I really thought having cameras on me would do that. And, you know, also just the experience, it seemed like one of those once in a lifetime things that you're like, I got to try this out, you know? So, but the main reason was the cameras. It sounds so silly, but you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, wow, you were like that eating disorder was, I can't believe I overcame it. Like that was one of the hardest things. I think that is the hardest thing that I'll ever have gone through in my life. And I'm like so much better for it, but I was scary. When you talk about your eating disorder and you can answer this whether you want to or not, I'm just curious, what were you bulimic? Were you anorexic or was it a combination of everything? It was a combination of everything, you know, um, not, 
only was I an athlete. So when you're a professional cheerleader, you also need energy. So it was this weird in between. And also I was with Wilhelmina models, but I was on their fitness division. So one day I would need to be slender and doing, um, you know, yoga or things like that. And the next day I would be doing like a Colgate commercial. And then the next day I would be working with CrossFit and flipping tires. So I actually had to alter my body for each thing. You know, I had to be this strong woman who could dance for 12 hours straight without breaking a sweat. But at the same time, I would be booked on a runway the next day because I was also on the direct uh, board. So Mm -hmm. it was diuretics. It was bulimia. It was overeating. It was, um, it was been like, it was binging. It was everything. It was, uh, Mm. (laughs) it was pretty much every eating disorder under the sun. Plus, you know, intense body image issues, which I think a lot of people can relate to. You know, you have, you have a YouTube channel that actually covers all of this. And we're going to, we're going to dive into your YouTube channel a little bit later on in this podcast. But in one of your, in one of your YouTube channels, you talk about the fact of being a New York Jets cheerleader and, how I, I think if people don't know by now, they probably should that professional cheerleaders, whether it's in the NBA or NFL, get paid shit and you have to put a ton of work in. Um, yeah. you, you literally get I think I, I think the Mavericks dancers out here in Dallas make like 50 or 75 bucks a game. And yet you have to practice every day after, you know, whatever your day job is. You got to go to practice for three or four hours and you get paid literally peanuts. Um, yeah, NFL, NFL was basically the same thing, but I remember in one of your videos, you talked about the fact that when you talk about these body image issues you have, that you had, uh, tell people some of the things that you were told as a cheerleader and (laughs) some of the times that you did not get to cheer because of a certain weight that you had hit. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, um, when you're a cheerleader, you do it for the love of the sport and that you get to dance and the girls that you meet, but it doesn't come without, you know, knowing you might get ripped apart. Um, there was one day I'm, especially my first year on the team, I stepped on the scales. We would get, we would get weighed every Thursday and I stepped on the scale. My coach, she like looked at me straight in the eyes. I could not believe how she said it. And she told me I was the heaviest professional cheerleader in the United States. Uh, totally deadpan. And I was in shock and I just said to her, thank you. You know, it was crazy. That was one of them. Um, you know, we were running once and uh, I actually. And, and how honestly, how, how much, what was your height and weight at that time? Um, I was 5'8", 137 pounds, um, about 7% body fat. Okay. Yeah. So obviously you're not the heaviest cheerleader in, in all of America. Like, that's <laughs> oh my just God. Ridiculous. No, I, I look back and I'm actually like, well, damn girl, what an accomplishment. The heaviest one and you made it. <laughs> like wow um you know it's like one of those things you look at and you're like gosh how do you not get get a disorder when people are talking to you like this it's like whoa (sighs) god that's but honestly i mean like i don't regret it though like those are also some of the best years of my life and my best friends came from that team too so it's like you know it's like a double-edged sword uh you knew what you were getting into so but man it was crazy yeah, I can only imagine. And once that ended and once The Bachelor ended, you said, like, I'm done. I'm done in the entertainment industry. I don't want to model anymore. I don't want to cheerlead anymore. I don't want to be on TV. I don't have any aspirations of any of that. So what was your next route that you went? Well, so what I knew is that it would be better for me in the long run not to do those things. You know, I I'm I love them and I'm so good at them, but I knew at the time it was working against me. So I knew I could come back to it, but I had to work on myself first because I had to love myself first. So the next thing I did actually was, you know, I knew I always had a passion for travel and for teenagers. So I started applying to tour companies where I could travel and work with youth. So I ended up scoring a job very soon after, um, I'm talking like months with a company called travel for teens. And it, was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, that summer, I ended up in Australia and New Zealand leading groups of uh, teenagers ages 13 to 18 all over the country. And it was just so healing. And then when that ended, I actually ended up moving into my first car, I guess you could call it, and um, lived out of a car in Australia all along the East Coast for two or three months. And that was like the beginning of my healing and the aha moment of like, 
wow, being a nomad makes me so happy. I finally feel at home and I'd never really felt at home before. And that kind of kicked off um, the rest of my life, really. So that was, do you remember uh, what year that was? That would have been what, 15, 16, 2015, 2016? You know, I'm so bad when it comes to timing. um, So I'd have to actually look look down at it. But that's like about six years ago. That was like the summer right after The Bachelor. Okay. And Chris's season off the top of my head, I think was around 2014, 2015, something like that. So yeah, that's about So after that ends, after you do that for a summer, did you move back to, and by the way, you were living in New York before this all happened, before you went on The Bachelor. Um, yep. and, then, and then what happened with your living situation once the Australia summer ended? Yeah, so I actually still had an apartment in Manhattan. And while I was in Australia leading these tours, um, I remember getting a call from my the property owner and he's like, hey, we're letting, ending your lease early. And I was like, well, I'm in Australia. What? Uh, thankfully, I have such a wonderful family. My parents, um, I paid them and a few movers uh, had them help um, move me out. So at that point, that was the first time I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And everything came together so perfectly while I was in Australia. And actually the reason I came home after two months was that same tour company offered me a full-time job where I started uh, as their road warrior. And what I did was I traveled the United States full-time and went to high schools and shared my love and passion of culture and travel and really just talking about ways that travel teaches you things about yourself and about life and life experience and it was so much fun and I'm so fortunate um that CEO is actually one of my best friends now and helped really helped me actually get one of my charities off the ground which we can talk about later but yeah um yeah it's really uh it was so amazing so I came back and ended up moving to Philly for like part-time but essentially traveling full-time ever since and uh, did that for quite a while. So at that point, what happens with when, when that ends? When you're when you're done being the road warrior, what's the next thing that happened with you, work wise? Yeah. So um, so I was working for this company, Travel Fifteenth, that brought me back to the U.S. And every summer I was still going out. So then I started going to Europe and then I started going really all over. They, they took me to almost 20 different countries. And I had always had this dream since I was 21 years old that I wanted to live in a car. And, um, it was actually really, really funny. I felt like, you know, I had all these opportunities, but it was never the right time because I had all these jobs that needed me to be somewhere else. Um, and I still had to check in in Philly with that one. And then finally, a few years ago, I was on my last uh, job for travel for teens and I was in Texas and I actually had met some people there and uh, I met my my ex there and I ended up moving in with him for a year and I was living in Texas. And so I tried to get a few jobs in Texas and I was working freelance and I was working uh, in fitness, teaching cycling and amazing guy, but we just weren't right for each other. And all at once, actually, it was about a month after that. Not only did that happen, um, I also lost all my jobs at the time. And I was, what was it? How did it work out exactly? So basically I'm in Texas and I was traveling at the time, you know, I was doing these like small stints in the car where I was going out and living in the car for a weekend and coming back and doing like fun little road trips. And I went to India, Sri Lanka, Qatar, and the Maldives for a quick month trip. And while I was there, COVID hit. And I ended up flying back and my roommate at the time had been handicapped and was susceptible and we didn't really know what was going on. So when that happened, uh, it was really, really crazy. I was like, okay, wow. Um, so I can't really go back in my home and kind of like for a minute, I was like, I could have kind of put it in the negative light and been down on myself, but I actually got super, super excited and I didn't have any obligations. I was single. I just felt so free. And I finally, I was like, this is it. This is the moment I can finally move into my car and I'm going to make it happen. So ever since that moment, I've been living in my car. Um, so I've officially been living in my car for like 
almost a year and a half. Yeah. You know? and, and, uh, and and I want to I clarify something. You're not living in a camper. You're not living in a giant <laughs> truck. You are living in a, what, 2006 Prius? Something like that? A 2006 Toyota Prius. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I'm like, a, I'm a big believer in like, why wait, like follow your dreams the second you can. And like, you know, don't let anything hold you back. So I was like sitting there, I'm like, why would I let that hold me back? I'm just going to make it work with what I have. You know, I've always been someone who's really into being like simple and practical. And like, I've always been a dreamer and wanted to achieve things. And I was like, I don't need to buy a big van. This is perfect. I'm an outdoorsy person. It's not like I'm going to be sitting in it all day. I'm going to be hiking all day. This is great. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable because, (laughs) because most people, when you find out, uh, they're living in a car, it's, you know, some sort of a camper or something somewhat big or, and, and the reason they're doing it is because maybe they got laid off or they just don't have money. You are, this is a choice. You want to yes. live in your car and you have lived by your own choice in your car in a 2006 Prius for a year and a half. Like that is. Yes. And we're not. And it's you know, like, very important to clarify, too. Like, I'm not homeless. This is a choice. Like, I don't want people to feel bad for me. Like, I'm so happy. I love yeah. this. I'm so happy. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, you are telling people like, Hey, everyone, you need to go live in your car and get away from the materialistic things. Cause you're clearly not someone who's, no. who lives off of materialistic things and is superficial and stuff like that. That's why I find the story kind of fascinating because you're someone who came from this world of bachelor. Now, granted, when you were on the show, I don't think, in, I think Instagram was in its very early stages. That wasn't like this lucrative thing that you can make a fortune off of, but we see now that no, most, so new. Most of the women that go on this show now, it is strictly about what can this do for my brand and how can I, um, you know, quit whatever I'm doing so I can become an Instagram influencer and make money off that because that's what they all do now. Oh, yeah. No, when when I was on the show, I had like I'm pretty sure I only got like 500 like new followers. It wasn't really even like a thought like Instagram wasn't the thing yet. You know, people still like just connected on Facebook, I feel like. And yeah. You, yeah. you are basically the opposite of what a contestant uh, <laughs> goes on the show for now. And, and so it's many really, people say that. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to be known for being on The Bachelor either. Like, I think yeah. it's like, I love the people I met through The Bachelor, but like, I feel like I'm so, I don't want people to, when they meet me, like, that's kind of the last thing I want them to know because I want them to learn about me and like what I believe in and, I think a lot of times people can get past that getting so excited to talk about it, you know? Yeah. No, it's just, you are, you are like the antithesis of what this show has (laughs) has become. But, um, and and so you, you move into your car right around the beginning of, uh, right around COVID last year. And yeah, I started beforehand, but like the commitment to full time, I feel like happened when I was on this big one month trip. So it was like a little confusing, Okay, but I like flew to the Middle East and then, or uh, sorry, not Middle East. I flew to Southeast Asia and then um, came back. So you're doing that. You're in your car full time for about six months. And then this past September, September of 2020. Oh, September's when I met Camper. Yes. September 2020. Tell everybody who you met. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is my favorite story in the world. These might like pride and joy um so i was actually uh i'm like very family oriented my family is like everything to me so i picked up my mom on a trip and that's also the reason why i found camper so i said mom you're living out of the prius with me so we got in the car it was like it was like a clown car i tell you it was like packed to the ceiling but we made it work i like it's actually really fun to see how it worked i made a video on it and we're in new mexico and I was like, Ma, we got to go stretch our legs. I knew about this hike. It was in the middle of the desert. I'm telling you, middle of nowhere. And it was the craziest thing. I like look in my rear view and a dog is following my car. And I'm just like, what? This is so weird. And I open the door, it jumps in my lap. Like, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, what is happening? I'm a dog lover. So I'm like, totally okay with it. But I'm a little bit like, what? And we go on this hike and um, Camper, who is my dog now, and Camper's the dog that ran up to the car, followed me on a hike for 
I got to say like four miles. And when we got back down, I just like, I had never felt like this about an animal before. And I just broke down crying and I was like, I, I love this dog so much. Wow. So I onboarded it for the week. I went through all the things you have to do to make sure that, you know, anyone could reach out or find him if he did have an owner. Um, it ends up it and by his looks and his health condition, cause he had, he had a bun, quite a few problems. Um, it seems he was abandoned or never had a home and was a stray. Mm. Uh, so he's been with me living in the car ever since. Uh, you should have seen it like me and my mom and the dog in the Prius for about a month was hilarious. But uh, <laughs> he's like the best thing that ever happened to me. I just I love him so much. Yeah. Camper is. And what kind of dog is Camper for everybody? You know, I'm not sure. Um, definitely some hound in there. He's uh, besides just being super cute. <laughs> he's uh He's got like orange, orange and white. He's just, God, he's adorable. I don't know what he is though. Oh, okay. So big old mix. So you, since September, you have been living out of your car with, with camper. And, um, I mean, we can, let's go back real quick to the whole car thing. I, I know one of the first questions, and by the way, your video of meeting camper and everything that first hike you went on, isn't that in your video? Don't we have footage of that in your yeah, YouTube videos? Yeah, I made a video about it. It yeah. is just like, oh my God, it makes me cry every time. I love him. So I know people are going to have are going to ask, how yeah. do you live in a car? How do you deal? And there's a video on this that you can see on your YouTube channel. But for the, yeah, for the sake it. of the podcast... How do you shower? Like, what's the showering deal? How often do you do it? Do you have? Do you go to local gyms and just? I, I've heard people who live out of the car go to the gym and just go in the shower there and then go back in their car. I don't yeah. think that's what you do, but go ahead. So there's so many different ways to do it, and it is a little bit different with camper. It really like depends on um, where we are, but so. I would say the number one way that I shower, and this sounds like so bizarre to people until they try it. I'm telling you. I call it the gallon jug shower. I know. So original. Um, I take a gallon jug of water and I have it on my dash for about four hours and it gets so hot and I'll just shower off with that. You know, you really don't need a lot of water. You know, it feels good to sit underwater for a little bit, but that gets me super clean. I mean, I think I smell good. Not everybody else might agree, but (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's like, it's so good. Um, that's one of the ways, um, truck stop showers. Uh, what else will I do? Um, you know, a lot of campgrounds or even like beaches will have showers, uh, lakes will have outdoor showers. So I'll just throw on a bikini and I'll just shower outside. Uh, but I shower every day. Um, but then again, if you call like every once in a while, it will just be like a wet washcloth where I'll put up all of the, um, I made these blackout things for my windows so you can't see into the car. Um, So I'll do that in the front seat, things like that. But I'm like super up on my hygiene. That's one of the most important things to me. And I'll, um, you know, if I'm out by the beach or there's like an outdoor shower, I'll go ahead and get camper. I'll uh, set up there too. And we'll wait until he's completely dry to get in the car to avoid any smells and everything. We stay super clean in the car. Like I vacuum a couple times a week. I have uh, we all, we're always lint rolling. I even have a sheet that I put on top of everything to make sure that it stays clean. And that like I shake out and stuff outside, you know, it's like this big system. I actually ripped out all of my seats. I only have the driver's seat and I built this like big platform too. So there's all this storage and that's where I put extra water for showering and stuff like that too. So one gallon of water is enough. Like you pour it on yourself and then you soap yourself and then pour more water or how does it work? What's the system? Yeah. It's like actually really fun. So, um, I won't, I will need more if I'm washing my hair, but you know, as a female, you really don't need to wash your hair every day. It's better for your hair not to, um, dry shampoo. Do you have any of that? Didn't that work? I do. I do have some dry shampoo, but I don't really use it. Um, oh. I will just find like a legit shower every maybe four days. Um, but this gallon jug shower, you really only need a gallon for your whole body. What I'll do is I'll really quick, I'll um, take one of those sponges and I'll get that wet and I'll get my whole body wet. And very quickly before it dries, I will lather up completely head to toe like suds. Uh, and I'll use the same sponge or loofah because that will stay wet and suds you up and then if you poke holes into the cap 
it comes out slowly and it rinses you off so perfectly. Um, I also will make sure that I'm not standing above mud because just, just an FYI, if anyone ever thinks about doing this mud, it will like splash back. But otherwise I'm telling you same cleaning level as a regular shower. Hmm. It's insane. What about laundry? How is that done? Is that in so just laundromats? Oh, you do go to laundromats. Okay. Yeah, I'll just go to laundromats. I mean, there are options. Like I've seen people, I've seen some really creative stuff. Um, You meet a lot of people on the road who are doing the same thing. I met someone who had a bucket and a plunger. (laughs) Like they would wash it like that. I was like, that's different. Um, You know, there's lots of ways. There's also like wash bags now um, where you can like shake it and rinse it and hand wash. But I tend to go to laundromats every like two or three weeks. Gotcha. Okay. I'm trying to think of what else uh, living out of a car. Um, what do you do for for food? Do you stock up on like uh, gas station stuff and get that? Oh, I mean, no. what what's your what's your eating? How are you eating either healthy or um, enough meals? Uh, what are you eating? What's your what's your yeah. daily intake of of food? That's a really great question. That's a really great question. A lot of people ask me this, actually. So um, I am super healthy, you know, growing up in the fitness industry and always eating super clean. Um, I eat all organic, mostly vegetarian, semi-pescatarian. I mean, I've even caught my own fish before. Um, I'm really, really um, into, like, doing it yourself. So I'm really, you know even like making your own fish stuff like that. Like I know how to do it. I will do it. But Mm. what I do is I'll go to the grocery store and I will just stock up on vegetables, um, a ton of vegetables, hemp seeds, superfoods, chia seeds, flax seeds, just all of the nutrient dense foods that I can find. Um, almost every morning I make a smoothie. I have a power station and a Nutribullet and I do that. Um, I make a lot of salads. Um, you know, it's just the same. I don't go out to eat, but like imagine, what you would put in your own refrigerator. I do that in my car and it just is a little bit longer process because I have to clean up and break down and, you know, set up every time I do it. But essentially, you know, I'm doing the same yogurts with a ton of like nutritious toppings. Um, how you know, do you, just, how do you refrigerate though? How are you refrigerating? So I actually, um, I, I, I might upgrade to a refrigerator, but I'm looking into the safety with everything. But, um, I have a 35 quart cooler that fits everything right in there. Mm, And maybe every six days I will stop at a gas station and I'll change out the ice. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you are, uh, you are living the um, nomad (laughs) life for sure. There's no other way to describe it. It's funny. Everyone always like, is like, if there's ever a like end of the world scenario, like I'm coming with you, you know how to survive. I'm like, well, (laughs) I I guess that's a compliment. (laughs) Well, what what was my next question? Oh, here's here's just a trivia question. Maybe you know. Maybe you know the last place. I want to know the last restaurant that you ate at. Do you know when it? Do you know where it was and when it was? Um. Wait, I feel like. Wow, this is crazy. I don't. (laughs) It's probably been. I mean, I'm guessing since you've been in your car a year and a half, you probably haven't had one time where you went to a restaurant because basically camper would have to stay in the car if you go eat inside somewhere right oh oh you just reminded me i did i went to one place it was in phoenix arizona and it was a dog friendly um brewery Uh, and i went there to eat do you remember the name of it that reminds me it was right along the bike path there because i was teaching him how to bike i don't remember what it's called but it was in phoenix and how long that was the that was it uh Oh God, it might've been like eight months ago. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. But you know what? Now that I, now that I hear this and I have no, I mean, you probably don't have much of an interest in, you know, going back on reality TV, but I'm telling you, if you applied and you shared your story and everything <laughs> on survivor, you would absolutely get cast on survivor and you oh my would, God, and you would, would thrive so on survivor insane. because you've lived 
you live you've lived <laughs> off the land for I don't know if I'll do that. I think I'll stick to my own show, the YouTube thing, but if that ever changes, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> yeah, cuz then again, Camper wouldn't have I mean, who would watch Camper for I mean, well, I guess you could drop him off with family or whatever, but I you Oh would, my god, I would like I don't know what I would do without him. I love him so much. You would you would absolutely get cast on Survivor if you applied because <laughs> your your story would be compelling and you would be able to thrive in those elements because you basically live off the land uh, on Survivor as well. So um, anyway, so. so here's the here's the next big thing. You talk about your YouTube uh, channel that is just um, it's Nikki Delventhal, D-E-L-V-E-N-T-H-A-L. Yeah. Yeah. Go to go to YouTube, go to Nikki Delventhal, subscribe. And I think the thing the biggest thing and, you know, you and I have talked, and after you got off Chris's season, you and I had spoken. We were in touch after Chris's uh, season for a little bit, and I remember. Do you remember this? I, I'm 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 just now remembering it. Do you remember me one day being at the grocery store and seeing you on the cover of Good Housekeeping and taking a screenshot and taking a picture of it and, and texting it to you and saying, oh "Hey, look God. who I just saw at the grocery Ooh. store." You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that was when they were still putting me out on the magazines and everything. Yeah. No. I was. <laughs> you know, I totally downplayed my modeling career too because it was so funny. I like when people asked what I did, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just a fitness trainer. Like at the time, I was like really a very successful model, and I oh, like, yeah. didn't no, want you, anyone to know. It was so weird. You were. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay. But then when I watched your video of, I think it was the first YouTube video that you uploaded, the one that you sent me. Is that your first one? On your list, uh, that of was videos? one of the first ones. You know, YouTube is actually pretty new. Um, I've been living out of my car for like a year, and everyone kept nagging me. They're like, "Please start vlogging about this and teaching us how you do your build outs and all these things." I was like, "Okay, okay, fine." And I, I must have been like maybe four or five months ago. I started putting videos out, and it just yeah. took off. And I've been so fortunate. I'm so fortunate it's taking off. And actually, now I can. Now I started my charity thanks to my YouTube, so I'm just like so happy. Yeah, in that first video, the the link that you sent me, which was basically why I started living out of my car. It's a it's a yes. basically a 20 minute video of kind of everything that we've gone over in this podcast. But when you were talking about your modeling career, you had old footage that you included in the video of all these magazine covers that you were on, <laughs> and I'm like, There's holy so shit, uh, you were <gasps> you were, I mean. I, that, I was, that was a lot you were you were on a lot of covers and i just Thank remember you. i just yes. remember that one time i was in the store one day and i saw you on the cover of good housekeeping and i took a picture of it and i texted it to you i'm like holy shit there you are and you're like yep that's, that's me <laughs> was it you or was it yeah, that was there me. was someone who texted me a really funny one they texted me i was on the cover of magazine but it was right next to chris's as well it was like the two of us were on a cover oh. of a magazine it was the day i left the bachelor actually i think it was and i was just like dying laughing i was like this is so great i i, <laughs> I just remember texting you that and i remember we were in touch back then and then i and then I lost touch with you for a while, and you know, yeah, I, like five I, years, man. What yeah, happened? It, it, was it five? <laughs> Has it really been five? Maybe four or five. Yeah, I think oh, so. <laughs> anyway, um, I did. I do apologize for that. And then, oh my god, don't! I'm I'm just as bad. Did I say hi? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be mad at you. Why did you reach out to me in the last four or five years? No, um, that's right. <laughs> so the reason that I got that I saw you. I and I reached out to you again on on Facebook Messenger was because I came across you on Facebook. You showed up in my feed, which is really weird. Like why haven't you showed up in my feed for the last 5 years? Yeah. You did over the weekend or la uh, late last week, Thursday or Friday, whenever it was when we we got back in touch and I sent you a message on Facebook Messenger and I'm like, "Hey, long time no talk. I love this thing that you're doing now and you started a charity called Camper Cares." So I want you to yeah. Tell everybody what that is. I think this is one of my, like, I like, I'm still so emotional and so excited about it, like, in the best way possible. Like, this is one of my favorite things that I've ever done and started. Um, so it's camper inspired. And what I do is, you know, about three months ago, my YouTube really started to take off and I got my first YouTube paycheck. And I realized that I was going to start making a good, good money on YouTube and um, that I was finally going to be able to give back financially because my whole life I had always wanted to do good, but I really wanted to be able to make a difference because 
in, I really wanted to make a difference financially in people's lives. So right after I got my first YouTube paycheck, I started Camper Cares, which is a charity to help pay for the medical and vet bills of families, fosters, and animals that wouldn't otherwise be able to help themselves or are not financially able to. So there's ways to apply. I partner with different rescues and agencies. And um, so it's been a couple months now. I'm on my seventh animal project and I am just like so fulfilled and so happy. Um, my first month I was able to donate $6,000 to five different animals and, um, and families. And I'm just like, I'm so happy and I just can't wait to see where this goes. So basically the money that you're making off of the YouTube videos where you just share what's going on in your life, you are now taking that money and putting it and establish this charity of Camper Cares and just giving that money back to people who are in need who can't pay for their pets' hospital bills. So that's the goal. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to work with a couple platforms now. So I even started like a Patreon where, you know, maybe that can sustain us. And what I'm doing is the ex- right now what it is so I can continue to do this. Um, the goal is that all the money will. But right now what's happening is specific videos and ex- and all the external ad revenue is going to families, animals and fosters. So, yes. So okay. basically I'm like maybe 75% of the money right now. I was going to say, because I mean, for you, I'm guessing you, you know, you don't have a, you don't have a rent or a mortgage. You're not going out spending money on materialistic things. (laughs) You are not, um, I'm guessing you don't have many credit cards, if any. Um, I have credit cards, but I pay them off immediately. I'm like very, very uh, on top of it when it comes to my own finances and investing and retirement. So like, I know I'm fine and I'm always going to be fine because I know how to set myself up to be fine. So like, I only need a thousand bucks a month. I don't need a lot. So why not help people? You know, if I ever need help one day, like hopefully it comes back to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, all you really need to pay for uh, in any given month, you know, is food, water, and, and, and gas, you know, personal stuff for yourself and, and then paying off any bills, um, credit card bills, but you don't have any, you don't have a gas bill. Even with my health insurance and car insurance and phone bill, I'm never breaking more than 1500 a month. Never. Like that's max. That's a lot. Like that's when I'm like making some Amazon purchases and finding an Amazon locker and going nuts. (laughs) Yeah. So you've got... (laughs) You don't have an electric bill, uh, a gas no. bill. Um, well, I mean, you have gas that so you put in your car bill, but I'm talking about <laughs> like for somebody who lives in apartment or condo. Yeah, or, or no house. house payments, no nothing. Um, so yeah, it's just yeah. it's just health insurance, car insurance. Uh, your I mean, camper's a little bougie, so he can get a little <laughs> expensive, but we're good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, camper cares is something that I saw, and there was one, and this was just I think this is the most recent story. Yeah, it's. It's it it breaks my heart to hear it, but I want you to tell it of what just happened, uh, oh a story that just happened that you posted. Yeah, and and forgive me if I get like like emotional. Like I'm like so passionate about uh, animals who are just abandoned and abused, and it's like especially starting this foundation or this project. Uh, I am seeing so much of this, and it's like every day thousands and thousands and thousands of dogs are just abandoned into the streets or abused and like they're helpless you know and so there's this dog nova and like i immediately like just i was like take everything i have we have to make this dog better like this poor dog it had an owner um and it was obviously a very abusive owner like (laughs) this dog showed up on this girl Brittany's doorstep um I was connected to her because I made a Facebook post that I was starting my charity and um, I was tagged in her post and, you know, we hadn't known each other prior, but just talking to her on the phone and hearing about Nova, I just knew I had to help. So this dog had had severe, uh, a severe full body yeast infection and like maybe four years going on four years, like lost all of its hair severe and severe and um, an ear infection that was so bad. They thought he had that she had severe brain trauma to the point where 
the dog couldn't even walk straight, was falling over like so bad. Like how could you let your dog have an ear infection for four years where you notice your dog is falling over, you know? Yeah. It was so sad. And so, I mean, you know, we were so happy that the dog was able to just be in Bernie's care, you know, like silver lining. The dog now actually has a really loving home and like, this is my favorite. It was a miracle. So, um, about six weeks in, four or six weeks in, uh, we go back to the vet. We have uh, more scans done, a CT scan. And I'm telling you, every vet thought that this dog had severe brain trauma and the, the scans came back normal. So it just ends up that she was so severely abused for so long that she just might have that for the rest of her life. But she was fine. And after about two months, um, she started to clear up. And now she has a new home. Like, it's just the best. And uh you know, we helped at some other dogs too. There was one that was just very severely physically abused uh, in Pennsylvania. And um, I donated a thousand bucks just to get the dog out of there and then donated more for all the other issues. And there were a few cats that we actually didn't think we were going to make it through the night. And um, thankfully with my donations too, they were able to keep the cat on treatments and they made it through like every single animal that I helped since I started this, they all made it through. Like I just feel so lucky. So how are these people finding you people that are in need of getting bills paid or, or find a stray that is, you know, malnourished or abused or anything like that. They are just well, reaching out to you asking, Hey, can you help in any way? Well, so there's a lot of different ways. Like, um, you know, since we're so new, um, I do have my form and things like that, but it's really funny. Like you help one and then, they've all kind of just come to me like my latest one. I'm going to put out a video probably next month. Um, my latest one was actually a subscriber and they wrote to me and they had found a dog uh, in the middle of the streets in Houston. And actually the dog's now living in the car with this person now. And um, I helped connect them and paid for the vet bills and all those things. And, you know, they're finding me in all different ways, whether it's a, um, I actually am also helping someone that I just met last week. So I think it's kind of just happening organically, but it's also, I have a form where you can apply online and an email for direct um, fosters and um, rescues to reach out to where I can partner with them where um, each month or maybe like every couple months I can just throw them some stuff depending on like their needs with different animals. You know, obviously I'm only one person, so I can only do so much, but I'm trying to do the most I can. And hopefully one day we can grow this so much that I don't have to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, it's, it's an unbelievable thing that you're doing. And, um, you. you know, this charity is just <laughs> in talking to you and seeing the whole story and watching the YouTube videos that I have watched, I mean, there's over, I think you have over 75 videos, right? Something like that. I'm actually, I think I only have like 40 right now. Like I'm, t it's pretty new. I try to put out one or two a week though. Oh, okay. Well, there's only 40. Maybe I was looking at somebody else's <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, I'm you so have, forgettable. <laughs> but every video you have is such a, um, obviously I haven't watched all of them, but it's, it's very well put together and Thank you. it's, it's amazing that you do it. You told me before we started recording Everything that you do on those videos is all done on your iPhone. You don't have any, obviously, some super souped-up equipment or anything like that. Like, yeah. This is all done on your iPhone. All the editing is done on your iPhone, and it's really Well, the editing's quality. done in iMovie. iMovie, the editing, yeah. yeah. At first, I did it all on my iPhone. So, like, my first 10 videos. So, if anyone sees any of my first 10 videos, I'm so sorry. I know how bad they are. <laughs> But I, that's before I even knew about editing. But, like, now I shoot everything on my phone, and I edit in iMovie. Wow. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I just... I know, right? I'm like, I cannot believe this looks so good. Like, this is nuts. I, I'm, I'm amazed by it. But I, Thank when you. I see these videos and I see this charity that you started, I mean, there's just, you know, I, I think when we first got in touch or we got back in touch, your whole thing to me was just like, look, I just want to do good and just kind of make people happy because we're in a time right now where obviously... We're still, you know, uh, you know, fingers crossed that we're coming out of this pandemic and in a couple yeah. months, a few months, things may be back to normal. Um, but you're just someone that obviously totally selfless and uh, not someone that lives off of other people and cares what other people think about you and what you're doing, because I'm sure there's been judgment on you 
since this all started. I, I mean, I hope people don't reach out to you and, and say, <laughs> what are you, a hobo or something like that? Are you, or are you homeless? Oh, it like, happens all the time, but I don't care. I'm like so happy with who I am. And like, my, I really tr- truly believe that my purpose in life is just to help others and inspire others to just be their best or like not care what other people think. Like literally my, the whole thing that I like push all the time is like, who cares what other people think? They're not you. You know what I mean? It's like, as long as you're living out your own truth, that's all that matters. Well, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, it's just, it's the mantra of what should be told to every contestant on this show. Now, the problem is 99% of them just live off of what other people think of them. And it's just, it's sad. It really is sad. Um, And you know, as someone who used to be so in that world, you know, when I was modeling, it's like my whole living, like my ways of life, my existence was all based on what other people thought of me. Like all of my jobs, it was like convincing people why I was good enough, you know? And it's, it's so toxic. And it's really something that I think, especially in this age of internet and social media and And something that I don't think there's enough awareness of, you know, we need to really push that what makes you happy is not going to be what other people think of you. You will never find happiness from other people. It's always just going to be yourself. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway um, in even me living in my car. I mean, moving into the car that first time in Australia was when I realized it was for me, the only way I was going to be happy was me. Yeah, and we're not saying this is for everybody. We're not telling everybody go move into your car. Oh, no. This is just, no, this is not. you. The whole idea is like following your dream, right? If your dream is living in a house and, you know, having like 600 cats, like that is freaking cool. Yeah. You know, like do it. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> mine just happens to be a Prius and yeah. my dog camper. But that also, like, what if that changes, you know? And I'm going to live with that and I'm going to do that. Like, I don't plan my life. I live day by day. So, like, if in a week I like decided, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I won't because that's, I'm going to do what makes me happy. But I don't know. I've, I see myself doing this for a little while. I was going to say, I, I know you, you just said I live day by day, but I'm just curious. How long yeah. do you think that you and camper are going to live in that Prius? <laughs> Until, you, it breaks guess, down. Until it breaks down. <laughs> how many, Oh, by the way, how I'm many, mi- how many miles do you have on the Prius? Uh, about 170,000 at this point, I believe. You know, I put on about forty five, fifty thousand last year alone. Um, I'm guessing just because oh my god, this was the worst. I was like so excited about like keeping a tally on how many miles I went and I took my friend's dog on a hike in uh Washington and it, it reset my odometer with its nose and I was like, Oh man, I guess I don't know how far <laughs> I'm going then. <laughs> oh wow. Um I It was just- so funny. That is 170,000 miles on. So I can't tell you the exact. So you're going to have to blame the dog. But about, yeah, I'm at 170 around right now. Um, But a Prius is super reliable. Like I could see that going to almost like 250, to be honest. And then do you know, I want to, I want to ask, do you know what your next project or thing you want to do or accomplish is? But, you know, like you said, you live day to day. You don't, you don't know. Or do you? Well, you know, I'm so ex- like even this camper cares thing, like this would have never happened. Like maybe it would have happened, but not in the way it is in the name. Like it wouldn't have happened if I didn't meet camper in the middle of the desert. So like for all I know, something else is going to happen that's going to trigger another piece of um, inspiration that's going to open up another door. You know, I don't know, but I'm really happy with how things are going. And I'm hoping that maybe this charity goes in a direction that's really fulfilling and you know, I'm really enjoying this YouTube journey at the people that I've met and um, the ways I'm able to help and connect with people. Like, you know, in each of my videos, I also like to spread good messages or be informational of some way. You know, it's not just me living in a car. It's like how to do it or how to stay safe or what's a really, really cool place to go hiking in Utah or my favorite place in Kansas. You know, it's like, it is also somewhat helpful. And I try to also spread the message of even things like, you know, being better to the earth or picking up your own trash or not caring about what other people think or, you know, how to keep your dog safe. I just, I really like to also kind of like leave you with something, you know, it's not just like this watch me live, you know? Yeah, no, there are definitely, there's definitely messages in there. And, and speaking of your YouTube video, I think how many subscribers do you have? 
Seventy-five thousand, something um, like that. Right now, I'm. I think I'm at seventy-seven as of today. Okay. Seventy-seven thousand. That's why I. That's there's my there's my excuse. That's why I thought you had seventy. When when I said, "Don't you have like seventy-five videos?" It was <laughs> subscribers. I knew you had like seventy-five, seventy-seven thousand subscribers. Yeah. When I had looked, I've been that's so fortunate. It's yeah, it's growing so fast. Like I'm ninety days ago. I think I only had a thousand. That's awesome. 75,000 subscribers so in three months is is crazy. And that's just word of mouth because, like I said, you're not somebody that is, you know, fresh off the show and now you're pitching your new charity. Like if you were a contestant yeah. – like if you – be honest. If you were a contestant fresh off of Peter's season or who the hell was our last – Matt's season that just ended his bachelor, uh, bachelor season, if you were one of the girls on that season and did this – You'd probably have oh, five. No. You'd probably have five hundred thousand subscribers. I it's couldn't just, even imagine. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you, I don't. I also like want to have the satisfaction and knowing that, like, I built this from the ground up. You know, yeah. Like, this has nothing this, to do with your bachelor career. No, it feels so good to know that this was all like my hard work. You know, for sure. And I think that's a that's a positive. And to see that yes. how you've thrived and, like you said, gaining seventy five thousand subscribers basically organically in the last three months is, is a huge testament to you and what you're doing. And I'm glad the word is getting passed around. But again, for people that are listening, uh, camper cares is the charity. Uh, the YouTube channel is just go to, uh, just go to YouTube and type in Nikki Delventhal and you'll be able to see all of her videos subscribe and you can follow her journey. There's a lot to get caught up on. We tried to cover a a (laughs) lot of it in this podcast, but there's so much out there and so much, interesting stuff you can get a load of camper you can check him out and see how he's the star uh, of the show yeah he's the star yeah um and i'm so glad uh, we we are almost an hour into this and i'm so glad that he has not barked once because he's right next to you right now right um yeah i actually brought him to the dog park for three hours so you tired you tired him out oh he i mean if i'm gonna put my phone next to him you want to hear him snoring this is great Oh, I shoot! I just woke him up. Sorry, baby. Say hi. No, okay. Back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Sorry, camper. Um, but uh, so Nikki, I'm I'm so glad I got back in touch with you. I, I'm I'm glad this popped up on my Facebook feed somehow, some way. I don't know why I hadn't seen anything from you in four or five years, whatever it was. I'm so glad we're back in touch. Um, when you are you. in Texas or the Dallas area, I want to meet Camper. Uh, I want to meet you and and meet Camper as well. Um, doggy but, play date, yeah. Yes, we'll have doggy play date with Luca. And for sure, um, I, I can't thank you enough for starting Camper Cares, doing this, helping dogs, uh, living the life that you're living, and, and, and doing this interview and kind of getting the word out there. I'm glad we were able to have you on and have everyone listen to this. Thank you so much. Yes, I am so thankful to be on the phone with you today. This is awesome. And just to spread the love and spread the message. And yeah, seriously, just by watching some of these videos, you're helping animals. So like, even if people can't financially help, like just by watching, they're helping. Yeah. It's amazing. And and there's so, like I said, there's so many ways to donate. You can Venmo you, you can um, donate through Camper Cares. Like there's so many ways if somebody just wants to help out after listening to this and, and are inspired by your story. Uh, there's plenty of different ways to help out, but uh, for what you're doing, it's it's a crazy story. And and the reason why it is it resonated with me was because of where you came from, uh, what you overcame, and the fact that what you're doing is kind of so opposite. It, well, it is. It's not even so. It's it's very opposite of what this show entails now and its contestants do post-show because none of them would ever do anything selfless post-show for the most part, honestly. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean they're all horrible people. That doesn't mean I hate all of them. It just means that you have a different perspective. And I think that's why I wanted to bring you on and kind of show there are people out there that aren't all about, Hey, look at my selfie that I took uh, overlooking a cliff in Malibu or something like that. You know, Um, I think it's really cool of what you're doing. Well, I appreciate the kindness. So, Nikki, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, Good luck with everything. We will definitely be in touch. I'm not going to not go four or five years without talking to you again, I promise. And um, (laughs) and if I I do, you need to reach out to me. You need to, you know, chime in. Yeah, 
too. Well, we're hoping we're heading your way soon. So hopefully we'll see you in the next couple months. Yeah, that'd be great if we could uh, meet up. That'd be awesome. So yeah, thanks again for this. I really appreciate it. And good luck with everything. Yes, right back at you. Thank you so much. Have a great one. You too. Thank you so much to Nikki for coming on. What can you say? Just an unbelievable story. Unlike any person in this franchise, really, to be honest with you, I know you can compare her maybe to Dean, but you because of the whole living out of their car thing. But no, this isn't Dean and Dean and his girlfriend clearly have curated a brand that they, um, you know, profit off of um, based on sponsorship stuff and product that they sell on their Instagram that you go to Nikki's Instagram page and go to her YouTube channel at Nikki Delventhal and you'll see while she does make money now off of her YouTube videos, that money is strictly going to help families uh, with dogs in need and to pay hospital bills. Like I don't think you can say that for anybody in the franchise. Nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing anything close to this. So it's such a great story. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope I could just bring some light to it because I, I didn't know about this until last week. And I'm like, I have to have you on. And like I said, in the podcast, Nikki and I were friends probably four or five years ago. Not that we had a falling out. We never did. I just, you know, you talk to people and then people go their separate ways. You just don't respond. And, you know, just like I didn't text her in four years, you know, she never texted me, but it wasn't anything, it wasn't any bad blood. Cause when I texted her last week and said, Oh my God, I just saw your story. It's not like she harbored any ill will towards me. And she was just like, Oh my God, so good to hear from you. And, you know, we just picked up right where we left off. It was great. And I'm, I'm so glad that I got to have her on and for her to share that story. So please, if you can donate, by all means, so many ways to donate and help her out. Go to her YouTube page, Nikki Delventhal, Instagram page, Nikki Delventhal, Venmo, Nikki Delventhal. Uh, just there are definitely ways uh, to help her out, and uh, I'd appreciate it if you did. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. We are back next week with episode number 230. So for Nikki Delvithal, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See you.